0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. As we think about strength, the common desire for all people is to stay strong and furthermore, they want to get stronger. I don't think there's anyone here who wishes to stay weak or maybe even weaker physically, mentally, and even spiritually. Uh, Everyone could agree that strength is very desirable. Uh, It makes us feel confident, it makes us feel secure, and it makes us even feel superior. And all of us have different gifts and maybe different talents and maybe skills, and those areas are very desirable in nature and challenges us to do much more in, uh, within those talents or gifts or skills. And we are good at some things in life, and sometimes better than others. And we have all strengths, and we have our strength of determination, maybe a strength of articulation, maybe compassion, maybe even intelligence, and maybe even wisdom. But I believe that sometimes, as we think about our strengths, it can become a dangerous foe of ours, or maybe even hindrance, a stumbling block. Someone has once said, loyalty can lead to fanaticism and Caution can become uh, timidity, and freedom can become a license, and confidence can become arrogance, and humility becomes servility. And all this is because of pride. And pride makes us very weak sometimes. And we think about how so many different people in the Scripture who were strong, but through pride, they were made very, very weak. Uh, King Saul was very strong, starting out very strong in leading Israel through battles. But he became very weak through jealousy and through envy and through pride against David. Samson was strong in delivering himself all the time from the Philistine, but he became very weak through the uh, temptation of a lady and and also uh, through his pride. Uh, thinking that he will always go, uh, he will always be strong, became a great hindrance in li- in his life. And Peter was strong in his speech of "I'll never deny you, Lord." But he did become weak through his pride, not considering how his flesh was very weak. You see, our own strength that we trust so much can become a great hindrance in our lives. In First Corinthians chapter ten, verse twelve, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And we need to make sure that we're watching every way and that we are being circumspective. We are in, uh, in every way uh, evaluating our walk and how we stand because next thing you know, we can fall through pride and arrogance and let us make sure that we are always seeking meekness All oh, the pride in our own strength can make us fall. And the reason is because in many occasions, we don't give God the glory. And that's what pride does. We glorify ourselves. Pride wants to glorify his or her strength and uh, what he or she deserves and, uh, and what's credited to him or her. And, uh, and it, it wants to steal God's glory. I think about the example of King Herod in the book of Acts, in Acts 12, verse 21, I believe it's on the screen. And And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat up on his throne and made an oration unto them. I mean, he didn't even move. He was just sitting. And the people gave a shout after the speech, saying, It is the voice of a God and not of man. I mean, he must have been a very articulate speaker. And uh, he must have been very uh, profound in his speech. And people were giving a shout and saying, hey, this is a voice of a God, not of man, in verse 23. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. What a gruesome death. He didn't give up the ghost and then eaten of worms. The Bible says he was eaten of worms and then gave up the ghost. You see, God in every way, takes this matter of who gets the glory very seriously. And he wants to make sure he receives all the glory and honor. And pride hinders us from that. And also, our evaluation of our own strength and what we can do can stumble us into pride and then give not God the glory or oh, any strength that we have is a gift from God, God's people say. And I think about 1 Corinthians chapter four, verse seven: "For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as thou hast not received it? You're acting like you never uh, received this matter of strength and gift that you enjoy so much, and you act act as uh, uh, you act like you uh, have earned it or maybe in every way that you were born with it or uh, that you have naturally uh, given yourself the credit to receive it. And the Apostle Paul is uh, uh, giving the convicting question, and why are you acting like you never received this? No, you received all these positions. You have received all these strengths. You have received all these gifts. So give God the glory. And because of the hindrance of pride, I believe that God will test our spiritual strength. Because pride gets us to focus on the physical. That's what pride does. How smart we are, how strong we are, and how much we can endure, and how much we could get done. And uh, that's what pride does. It gets us to focus on the physical. So God wants us to put our focus back to the real source of strength. It's not ourselves, but It is in the spiritual, and we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. That's where the real strength is, and that's where uh, the real endurance is, and God will put us in difficult situations, and God will put us in harsh circumstances, and God will put us in diverse temptation. And during these times, uh, we need to realize that our strength is not too much, and it is not profitable, and we need to recognize the fact that we need the Lord's strength. Because when we rely on the Lord's strength, we get away from pride. We're more humble, we're more meek and saying, Lord, I need you. It's not me, myself, and I. I believe these times are the times where we could exercise a spiritual strength and not the physical and what we could do on our own because that gets us to pride and, and that, that gets us to uh, not glorify God the Father. And, and, uh, and we're, going, we're going in the wrong direction and the way of destruction and the, uh, the way of uh, a sorrow. And ladies and gentlemen, let us make sure that we are going in the way of spirituality and that we recognize the Lord. We recognize uh, uh, the one who gives us all things and that we are meek and that we are humble. We are relying on a string rather than our own. So the Apostle Paul gives his own testimony in the text that we just read. And he gives a testimony of the spiritual exercise that God put him in so that he will get all the glory and not Paul. Because Paul wanted to stay strong in his own power. You read in that passage there. And we'll go over that in a minute. But Jesus Christ comes to him and says, You don't need your strength, Paul. You need me." You cannot do this on your own, and I'm just going to put you through this trial and through this heartache and through this, uh, I guess, uh, 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 hindrance in your life so that you may trust me, so that you may spiritually uh, uh, find the grace that you need. So what does the Apostle Paul share in his own testimony? I'd like to share with you this morning three spiritual exercises that, Paul undertook in God's guidance of giving his strength. First of all, I think about the exercise in humility. The exercise in humility. In verse 7, and if you look at the scripture with me, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. You see, the apostle shares a testimony of a man who went up to the third heaven. He was caught up into paradise. He heard unspeakable words, and many believe that he was talking about himself because he was stoned in Lystra by the Jews from Antioch and Iconium, and it could have been that he went up to third heaven. And uh, But uh, no matter what your position is, the, bear, the Bible is very clear in verse 7 that he was blessed with Abundance of revelation. So uh, he was blessed with uh, uh, the great uh, 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 manifestation of God's truth and maybe uh, 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 God's uh, uh, wonderful, uh, uh, I guess, uh, commandments that it was given to him. And so as we think about this abundance of revelation, he writes that the thorn in the flesh was given to him. A messenger of Satan did buffet him. Why? Lest he will be exalted above measure. Meaning less, he will be prideful. God gives him this thorn in the flesh. Now, as we think about Satan in the scripture here, Satan cannot touch us unless God allows him to do so. Now, everything works together for what? Good, to them that love God. And we think about the example of Job, and he goes up to uh, uh, heaven and presents himself. I mean, I'm sorry, Satan does, and, and Satan presents himself to uh, God. And then uh, uh, he gives the, uh, 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 the, I guess, the uh, accusation that Job is, you know, uh, being faithful to you because you have blessed, with, blessed him with all these different things. And let me take it away. And then you'll see what happens. And, of course, God was very confident in Job's testimony. And God says, uh, uh, Do whatever you need to do with him. Just make sure you don't take his life. So God allows Satan to buffet our lives sometimes. And uh, why does he allow that? One reason is so that we may be humble. We could get very prideful easily. Give credit to ourselves, glorify ourselves. Look at our own strength and what we can do. And uh, we stop giving God the glory. And Apostle Paul says, Lest I get prideful, lest I be exalted above measure, God gives me a thorn in the flesh. God allows this to happen. And God filters every trial for good and not evil. And when Satan is allowed to attack us, and when there are temptation and tribulation and trials, they're all given for God's purpose, God's divine purpose. And one purpose is for us to exercise strength and humility. And I hope you understand that real strength is in humility and not in pride. Real strength is in the Lord, and God channels through humility and not pride. God resists the proud, but he giveth grace unto the who? To the humble. God fights with the proud uh, proud, uh, 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 person, and and God doesn't, uh, in every way, uh, want to channel through that person. Why? Because that person is glorifying himself or herself. Peter knew of this very well, for he made the mistake of having pride. and, And even in ministry, he had pride. He exercised pride and not humility, and he even compared himself to another. And by the way, when you start comparing yourself one to another, that is the worst evidence of pride. I'm better than that person, and look at me, and look at that person. I think about the the publican and the uh, 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 the Pharisee, and uh, Jesus Christ gave the analogy of these two men going to the temple and praying, and, oh, the Pharisee said, look what I've done for you. Look at all the tithes I've given, and uh, look at all the fasting I have done. And he even says, I'm not like this guy over here. That's how he prayed to the Lord. And uh, the publican cannot even lift up... T- Lift up his face from the ground and he says, uh, be merciful unto me, a sinner. And Jesus Christ said that person went down more justified than the other. And ladies and gentlemen, where are you in your life? You might be a good Christian, but are you manifesting your goodness through pride? Are you in every way exalting yourself of being a good Christian? And comparing yourself to another, how prideful that is. Because Peter did that. In Matthew 26, in verse 33, Peter answered and said, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yeah, I will never be offended. You know, James might deny you, and uh, you know John might deny you, and maybe Simon might deny you, and, and Nathaniel might deny you, but me, Lord, look at me, I will never what happened to Peter? Did he deny Jesus Christ? He did. Not only once, not only twice, but three times. And he even cursed. Christ pro- prophesies of this in Luke 22, verse 31 to 32. And the Lord says, Simon 7, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you that he may set you as we. By the way, Jesus Christ knows all our temptations. Amen. Jesus Christ knows all is about to happen. And what trial is going to go, uh, that we're going to go through. And what kind of tribulation are we are going to go through? God filters all of it. And then, I'm sure Jesus Christ uh, was approached by Satan. Satan says, let me have Peter. Let me test him here. In verse 32, but I pray for thee that if he fail not and thou convertest, strengthen thy brethren. You see, Jesus Christ already predicted. He already knew that Peter would deny him three times. That's why he says, when you are converted, when you are restored, strengthen your brethren. I still want to use you. By the way, what a wonderful, gracious God. Even though we fail at some tests, God's grace is still sufficient, and he wants to use you, he wants to guide you, and he wants to strengthen you. And you see, God, uh, in every way, works everything for good. This was Christ's filter for Peter, and this was an ultimate purpose of God for Peter's life and that he will be converted, that he will be restored, and that he will be restored, not in pride, not through Peter, but through God and through humility. That's why Peter was able to write in 1 Peter 5, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And God has his timing where he wants to restore you, where he wants to bless you. And don't try to be in front of God's timing. And God knows what he's doing, my friend. God will show the exit door. And uh, I, I, I think about the scripture in, the, uh, uh, in 2 Corinthians. They, uh, 1 Corinthians, they had no temptation taking you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able? God says you could take it. And he will make a also a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. You wait on the Lord and God will exalt you in due time if you're just humbling yourself and not being prideful. Oh, the exercise exercise of humility. That's where real strength is, the spiritual strength provided by our God through humility. Oh, we need the exercise of humility so that we may find God's strength, not our own strength. Secondly, the exercise in prayer. The exercise and prayer in verse eight. For this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Now, in the context, we know that God doesn't answer according to Paul's heart desire, but it's very clear that God did give an answer. You know, and the answer was, "No, Paul, I can now remove this thorn in the." And ladies and gentlemen, as you are praying and praying and praying about your trial or tribulation or maybe the circumstances that's making you weak and you're asking for specific requests and then God gives you another, uh, another answer outside of your expectation, don't be disappointed because God's will is always better. And, and God's will is always higher. And you might be pouting like a little child. I want my way. I want my way, Lord. But God will not be moved. Why is the clay striving against the potter? How dare we in every way try to question the Lord and what he is doing? And the exercise of prayer helps us to uh, uh, be humble and also helps us to realize that God's will is better than our will. And God will give His specific answer, His solution. And we need to be content with those answers and do not in any way be discouraged about your prayer life and your exercise of prayer during the time of weakness, my friend. I think about our God says in Jeremiah 33, verse 3, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And if you're humbling yourself, you're asking the Lord, you're asking the Lord, God will give you the answer and you take that answer, my friend. And if you are content with that answer and you run in God's grace, I guarantee you, You'll be more powerful as a Christian than what you expected in your own plan. True strength is not on our own strength, but it is in God. And we have not because we ask not. A sign was seen in a textile mill. It read, when your thread becomes tangled, call the foreman. A young woman was new on the job. Her thread became tangled and tangled and tangled. And she thought, you know, I'll just straighten this out by myself. She tried and tried and tried, but the situation only worsened. Finally, she called the foreman. I did the best I could, she said. And the foreman replied, no, you didn't. To do the best, you should have called me. To do the best, you should have called me. And they to do the best is call on the Lord. And uh, your specific prayer request might not be God's will. And we need to pray like Jesus prayed as we approach the Lord. Not my will, but die be done. And ladies and gentlemen, let us make sure to recognize that God has his will. And as we pray in his will, we are confident that he answers us according to First John. The best thing is to call on the Lord and wait for his answer, wait for his will, wait for his wisdom, wait for his solution exercise in prayer, and many get disappointed in prayer because they didn't get their answer. And what if God already gave you an answer, my friend? It could be no, or it could be wait. I think about Moses, testify of this same testimony in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 26 and 27. But the Lord was wrought with me for your sakes and would not hear me. Wow. I mean, we're talking about Moses. The man who spoke to God like a friend, like a friend talking to a friend face to face and he went to Mount Sinai. I mean, he received the commandments of the Lord and he got the tablets and he spoke to the Lord all the time. And this one request that God, I mean, that Moses had to, uh, to God, God says, I won't hear that. What a statement. And the Lord said unto me, let it suffice thee. Speak no more unto me of this matter. Get thee up into the top of Pisgah. And lift up thine eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward. Behold, with thine eyes, for thou shalt not go over this Jordan. So it was more than one time Moses asked the Lord, Lord, Lord could I go over there? Could I lead your people? cross Jordan River and God said, I-, I can't hear you on this matter. I have my specific will for you. You can't go over this Jordan. You could go up to the mountaintop and you could see the plains, you could see the beautiful land from a distance, but you'll never place your foot there. And God says, "Let it suffice thee. Are you covetous in your prayer? I hope we're not. I hope we're content in our prayer. And we could pray in a very fleshly way, "I want this, I want now, and, and uh, I want it this way. But Luke chapter 11, Lord's Prayer, says this, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Ladies and gentlemen, our prayer should not be, I want this, I want that. No, you say, Lord, I want your will, and may your will be done, not mine. Now, there are some requests that are very biblical and, and that are promising and and you could claim those scriptures, and you do that. By the way, just don't flip through the scripture and try to find something and say, Lord, you know, uh, 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 I believe this is your will because I found it here. And, and sometimes I've done that. I've made my share of mistake in a fleshly way. I search the scripture to match what I want. And you could do that. But you search the scripture, you have an open heart and say, God, what is your will? And God will show that. Show his will to you, and I hope it will suffice you. Be content with the no sometimes or waiting. Luke chapter 11, verse 2. Uh, I, as, we, I, as I mentioned before, you know, our God is holy, and let us not in any, in any way see him otherwise. He has his holy will. He has his holy plan. And sometimes we could mess it up through our flesh and through pride and through sin. And let us make sure that we see a holy God with his holy will. And we could be very distressed and discouraged and no strength to go on. Why? Because we lack prayer, we lack in the will of God. So keep praying without ceasing. God will strengthen you, God will guide you. Number three, the exercise and sufficiency. Exercise and sufficiency. I think about verse 9, he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You know, God encourages Paul, my grace is enough. My grace is enough. Paul thought that his weakness was actually hindering him. He didn't want to be strong. He didn't want the infirmity. He didn't want to be weak. But Christ says, my strength is made perfect, complete in weakness. You see, when we are too strong in our own power, God's power cannot channel through sufficiently. When we are weak, God says, My power is complete in your life, and now you can be dependent on me. So being weak is good. Sometimes not knowing is good. And sometimes being out of strength is good, and being feeble is good. Why? Why? Those are the times when God could prove himself strong in your life. You know, some Christians are ashamed to be weak. And I was once this strong Christian, but now I'm a weak Christian. And, and I understand your uh, anxiety of testimony. And maybe you went through some time in your life where you made some, shared, you made some mistakes. You went away from the Lord. But ladies you know, and gentlemen, God knows about all that and find grace in your time of need and find god's strength rather than your own testimony and rather than your own power i read this morning about the israelites you know god told moses in deuteronomy that this stiff-necked people will go after idols when they get to the land so god already predicted god already knew God already knew that these people will worship false idols and that they will be taken away captive and that the land will be cursed. God knew of this. But God still leads into the promised land and God's gracious. And God brings them back later on again too and build a second temple. You see, God has his timing and his plan and be Suffice with what God does in your life. And God will restore it for good. And by the way, God prophesies about Israel. I will write my law not in tablets anymore, but in their where? In their hearts. They shall know me. Everything will be good. Everything will be perfect at the end. And ladies and gentlemen, God knows what he is doing. Let it suffice you. Find strength in his sufficiency. And because we're always looking for something else, be sufficient in the Lord. He is always enough, He is more than enough. Fourthly, the exercise and joy. Exercise and joy, verse 9 through 10. Most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecution and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Paul wrote, I will be very glad and joyful in the infirmities. I believe he has some physical health trials infirmities my health trials why because so that god's power may rest upon me you know exercise of joy is god's strength to us you see happiness evaporates but joy endures okay happiness comes and goes all right but joy endures joy is always abiding that's what the fruit of the Spirit is Love, joy, and peace and long suffering. And all of those wonderful fruit are everlasting. It will endure in any situation. Isaiah thirty five, verse ten, and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Nehemiah told the people in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, For this day, holy unto our God, neither he be sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You want to be strong? You find joy in the Lord. You just depend on the Lord. You ask the Lord for his help and his power, and you'll find that joy and what God has done. And by the way, it's very important for us to count the blessings, name them one by one. And you'll be surprised in what God has done in your life. And find joy in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't find that weakness in your life. Don't find anything that is uh, uh, terrible in your life. I know there's some circumstances that are very grave and that are very uh, uh, hard. I understand that. But find joy. Find uh, what God is doing in your life and how he's filtering you and how he's molding you and, and how he is guiding you. And God wishes for us to exercise joy in the time of trials and weakness. And joy gives us strength to keep going. So keep going, my friend. The world might give pleasure here and there, but pleasure of this world doesn't last. The Bible says in First John chapter two, the world passed away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And the will of God is for you to have joy, not happiness. Find that joy and find that strength. Take pleasure in weakness. Take pleasure in the joy of God. God is with you, my friend, and God is strong, and God will make you complete. God will propel you forward in his joy. Uh, My wife was a little discouraged about the John, the situation, and uh, she was a little discouraged about how you know, my other two kids could not touch the kids, you know, because they had hand, foot, mouth disease. And uh, I don't remember them getting it, but my wife said they got it before. And and uh, I got some cold sore right now, and uh, I think maybe I got a little bit, t- a little bit of taste of that. And and brother Mike, you know the taste of it too, right? And uh, sometimes, you know, you take care of the kids, and you get a little bit. And uh, don't worry, I'm not contagious. Okay, you can shake my hand. I'm not that bad. All right. I, I don't think I got sick from it. Maybe I'm just tired. Okay. And uh, I shouldn't be that tired because, you know, my wife has been the one that's kind of been waking up these days. And last night I just slept all the way through, but the chant—I don't know what it is—just didn't even hear anything. I, 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 I just woke up and I said, "Honey, I'm so sorry, I didn't hear anything." Did the kid, did the, did the baby wake up? And she said, "Yeah, like four times." And, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, you just kind of, you know. And uh, she was kind of a little discouraged. I remember coming home one day and. Uh, And uh, she was in tears, and she was crying, and, uh, you know, she was kind of like, you know, emotional about the whole situation, and uh, I encouraged her, I said, well, honey, it's only for a month or so, or a couple weeks, and and these kids will have all of their lives to touch Silas, amen, and just be encouraged by it, and God will heal Silas. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, her situation, and, uh, you know, sometimes you give birth, you get a lot of emotion, and... uh, you know, a lot of things are going on, and a lot of, you know, busy uh, things that are going about you. You pray for my wife, and I'm not saying she's discouraged now, but, and she has this moments. And by the way, everyone, everyone gets discouraged, right? And, uh, but you don't need to stay there like we talked about last Sunday. And, uh, but, you know, I try to encourage her and, and try to have her find joy in the Lord. And then we went to the doctor, and then John just came down a little bit, and she was so encouraged. And then she texts me and says, God heals, and with a smiley face. And, uh, you know, uh, there is joy in the Lord. You know, we try to, you know, find the solution. We try to find uh, the right, you know, uh, answers to everything in life. We become more stressed. We become more sorrowful. But if you just trust in the Lord, there is joy, my friend. You might not even have the answer yet, but you just find joy in the Lord because you know that God is doing something in your life. Your weakness is not a stumbling block. It can become a stumping stone. I think about one student. I was Bible, having Bible study, and uh, and we were just giving an analogy of strength and weaknesses in one study. And I said to this young man, I said, you know, uh, you have a weakness of being very quiet. And, uh, you know, you don't react to things, and then you kind of sometimes do not respond to things. And, uh, you know, people, people could find that weakness, and you're not maybe a people type of person. But in that weakness, you know, that could be a very strong uh, uh, acid in your life. Let's say you get married and, and uh, you know, your spouse goes off. You know. And then you just stand there, not say anything. That's going to help the marriage. It really does. You have two spouses going at it, having World War Three, you know. And they might have the strength of articulation and, you know, just having the right argument, you know. Some people are just very good at communication. And then you just go off at it, I guarantee you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really hinder the marriage. But many marriages are not like that. Many mar- marriages are, one is more, you know, quiet, and one is more, I guess, uh, uh, well in communication, and, and then they come together and they find their strength and weaknesses and they help each other. And your weakness and your strength could help your spouse, and vice versa. And and don't be discouraged by that. Now, this is a very practical lesson. I just thought to mention it today, and I'm just letting you know that your marriage could find joy in the Lord. Find joy in your marriage. Stop thinking about the weaknesses. And thinking that it's going to really ruin your marriage. No, it could be a great asset as well. And uh, I think about my wife. My wife is very, you know, uh, you know detailed in numbers. And, and uh, 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 she likes to make sure what goes in and out. I, I was very surprised after I got married. And uh, I came home, and then I ate lunch outside. I took lunch outside, and then she said, what did you eat for lunch? I ate this, and then she said, where's the receipt? I said, excuse me? <laughs> I don't have a receipt, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm not to report this to you, <laughs> and that's, but, you know, we have the same bank account, and She likes to kind of go through all the, you know, checks and balances and all these different things. For me, it's just like, ah, I, you know, I spent five bucks, and there it goes, you know, and, uh, and sometimes, uh, in every way, uh, 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 I'm kind of str- strong in that, and sometimes, uh uh, 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 it could be a strong in my marriage, it could be a weakness in my marriage. And then we kind of do vice versa. And uh, I'm just simply saying today, uh, don't let your weakness be a great uh, uh, hindrance in your life. No, it could be a great sh- strength in your marriage, and your family, and God wants to work everything together for God. And just find grace, find strength in the Lord. Find that joy. And I want to encourage you.